Hello and welcome to Conscious Conversations with One Breath Institute with your hosts, Lisa McNett and Debbie Sherman. Tune in for mind-blowing conversations on how to be more conscious and present in your life. Topics we cover include healing, spirituality, introspective breathwork, astrology, dreams, alternate states of consciousness, and so much more. Hear from us and our interesting guests. Make sure to follow and subscribe to easily find us and listen again. (laughs) Welcome, welcome everyone to another conscious conversation. You know who we are, but for those who are brand new, I'm Debbie, co-founder of One Breath Institute, and with me is Lisa, the founder of One Breath Institute, inviting you to take a breath. And so what's been really present in our community as we've welcomed a new collective, conscious collective group from all over the world into our space, into, yeah, I don't know. I envision it like a little nucleo hovering all over the world, One Breath Institute, just this uh, beautiful frequency of consciousness and love and healing and just, yeah, strength and power, empowerment, just hovering all over the world and just holding that space for those to reach. So that's where I went right there, coming back to present. Some feedback that we've gotten is uh, how, and I, and I connected, I connected also with myself, the journey of, yeah, just the journey, along the journey, one seeks community, one seeks relationships, one seeks harmonic resonance. And along the way, Along the path, one might find themselves in one, two, maybe a variety of different communities that do not serve your highest good. So today we are talking about those spiritual communities that aren't um, really doing it. (laughs) They're just not doing it. So yeah, just going to pass that off to Lisa there. Thank you, Debbie, for that introduction um, to our topic. And, you know, people oftentimes don't realize that the community is not doing it. Um, That is a big part of what we're talking about today is um, abuse and gaslighting and um, all the not so good, warm, fuzzy (laughs) things that happen in these communities. And, uh, you know, Debbie mentioned our, thank you, our community being so loving and welcome. Yes. Yes, we are creating a community. We do have a community and our community is supportive. It is nurturing. It is of love. And what is love? What does love mean? So when we use the word love uh, and kind of an outdated idea of the of love, love, the word gets romanticized as if it's uh, something that is all sunshine and roses and flowers and um, and beautiful. But love is really to to really stand in love. To really stand in love is to stand in um, 
truth and to stand in a space of accountability, accountability. And so I'm not going to dive too deep into that, uh, but a lot of the spiritual communities like pull in, like pull people in who are attracted to the concept of love and light, right? Like me and and who is attracted to love and light? Um, Everybody, but uh, a lot of people who are, who are pulled into this, I'm over here, it's all love, it's all good, it's all warm, fuzzy feelings, are, have abuse and trauma in their history. They have abuse and trauma in their history and um, are seeking something. They're seeking something to, from an external resource that they feel like they are missing inside or they are seeking a community of people that they feel like are going to accept them and embrace them. And that is how, that is how people get taken advantage of. People get taken advantage of in these communities. Yeah, and I have. Like not to any, you know, any great degree, but I have definitely found myself in a community that I thought was great. It's all love. It's all light. It's everything is perfect. But then all of a sudden I'm seeing like, oh no, that's not okay. Or, oh no, that's not okay. Or wait a second, you're abusing young girls or people in this community are abusing young girls. That's not okay. And in a community well, there's a few different things I could say about that, but let's come back to us. I'll come back to myself and what makes us different is that you have to, a community leader, one who holds space as a community leader has to regularly do personal healing work. Do the deep shadow work, has to regularly be checking in and um, looking at their behavior, looking at our behavior, healing our healing and integrating our uh, our own personal traumas and our own shadow aspects so that we are able to hold a pure space able to hold a a frequency of of purity. And what happens is oftentimes people are attracted and and there's um, leaders, right? Like people might be attracted to yoga or spirituality or something along those lines. And there's an ego drive. There's an ego drive. You might be good at it. You might, you know, be coming up in the ranks of that spiritual community or people start to listen to what you have to say and maybe nobody ever listened to you before. People start to be attracted to you and 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 so people will start to come around and and unknowingly or knowingly and that's the worst part, there are also community leaders and spiritual communities who knowingly prey on the young and innocent. And there are also those who unknowingly prey on the on the young and the innocent simply because they are not attending to their own wounds. So Debbie, I'll bounce it back. That was a long rant. And now 
That's welcomed, Lisa. We both feel very passionate about this. And coming back to us in one breath. So Lisa, you mentioned, yeah, the truth that you and I are leaders of a community and we're doing the work and something that I hear in our students and in community members, they see our union, our relationship, our conscious commitment as something they've never seen before. And accountability is something that you and I hold each other to. Not just accountability for ourselves and our own inner evolution, but how we move with the world externally. And so what does that look like in our community? One breath. We are one breath. And so if I'm going to breathe in your energy, your presence in a conscious way, I am going to feel what it's all about. And if I breathe something that, you know, I don't know, it sends me some way or another, I'm going to check in with myself, see if it's something with me or maybe reflect it back to you. And this is something that is so freeing to truly be yourself wholly, completely good and the bad, the pleasant, the unpleasant, the moments of maybe even suffering, to truly be welcomed and seen and not have to change anything about yourself because that, that is something that I see in those, I'll say, false spiritual communities that really just set a terrible frequency for the healing potential of what it is to really be united with people all over the world. You know, just that false spiritual community requires people to not be themselves. It requires them to completely bypass their bodies, go off into the ethers, completely disconnected from a grounding presence and go experience that love and light and maybe pull back things that don't belong in the body or that maybe want to abuse and neglect that body. Because what happens when we leave our bodies to go connect with each other outside of our bodies, we're vulnerable, like more vulnerable than an emotion feels vulnerable, more vulnerable than saying I'm sad or I love someone, right? Vulnerability means not being grounded, not being yeah, safe and secure. Will you clarify that? Vulnerability means not being grounded, not being safe and secure. Yeah, I don't know. This is interesting. So how I'm experiencing vulnerability right now is not having an anchor to the physical world. Like I am feeling vulnerability to be not connected to, yeah, the physical body. And so being um, vulnerable to, yeah, being vulnerable to those communities or to people or to anything that doesn't serve us well. And so because of that disassociation and because of having that disconnection to the anchor of the physical body on this earth, one is not in tune or has the ability to have maybe discernment or even connect to the sensations that may signal if this is in resonance or maybe if this is something that we would want to stay away from. 
Hold on to a presence here. What? Just leaving that there for a second. I'm just having um having some disturbance in my ears right now. And now it's almost gone. It's like that. Okay. Sometimes it's technology, sometimes it's not. But yeah, so I guess what I was feeling in that, thank you for the questions, like vulnerability. I hear often how vulnerable it is, how like, um, yeah, how like uh, vulnerable. What's What am I seeing? I'm seeing, yeah, not like a, how vulnerable it can be to have an emotion and to speak to that. And what I mean by vulnerability right now in this moment is when connecting to spiritual communities or false spiritual communities that have a lot of out there experiences, out of body experiences, or maybe even encourage out of body experiences without tending to the physical body or integrating experiences to the physical body. That to me is one of the more risky vulnerable experiences because one is very open to maybe not self habits and behaviors, not self that's serving, yeah, the best interest. Yeah, okay, so I was a little confused for a moment because I was thinking, wait, vulnerability is good. <laughs> we want to be like vulnerable with our feelings. And so speaking through that, what I what I get is you are speaking to how we become vulnerable. We become vulnerable to um, all kinds of things that could feed off of us, all kinds of things that could take advantage of us that are not, that are beyond the physical, tangible, physical, tangible body and interactions, but from the connections that maybe in the astral plane or in other planes that we are visiting that, um, that you're not even able to discern if they're positive or negative because you are not connected to your body. Yes, thank you. And to another just step, it's, yeah, vulnerability is good and it's really serving and healing in itself when in a community that is grounded and connected to their own body and encouraging presence and connection to their physical body. And so behind all of that, what I was really connecting with is just bypassing and the dangers around bypassing and how bypassing may be perceived as like spiritual connection love and light all of these things that you're supposed to do and move with and oh everything's okay there's glitter everywhere and it's totally fine but the glitter is actually just trash like it's just straight trash right and so we know you and i know 
that trauma can disconnect us from our body. And when a person is seeking connection or maybe even seeking those answers externally, they may stumble upon or be invited to a community that just completely supports that castration, that separation of, <laughs> yeah, being connected to the body and then just takes them on this other adventure. And I'm seeing more and more people coming out of those communities, more traumatized, more disconnected, more in an experience of no trust for anyone, anything, any self feelings and emotions because they put so much trust in this community. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's really the thing is, um, like you said, the glitter, the glitter and the, the, you know, I was calling it the love and light, the love and light or the glitter, <sighs> the shiny, beautiful, you know, people don't realize that it's trauma and, uh, you know, it's, it's really that, uh, wanting to connect, wanting to experience love, wanting to be accepted, wanting to feel good, right? Maybe a person knows that they've had, tra they have trauma and that's, and that's part of, part of it is just, they've been walking around feeling misunderstood feeling like nobody gets them, feeling like they don't have anybody and then connect, you know, with somebody who like makes them feel good, right? That connection feels good. And they come in a little bit closer and 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 I think that most that often there are oftentimes these little red flags, these little red flags because you have to listen to there's going to be certain rules and regulations or you know something within the community that is going on that feels like mm, I don't really like that part but I'm going to go with it anyway because I have friends now or I can tell they really like me or they're saying all the right things or I've been seeking spirituality I've been trying to find God and they're, you know, they seem to have this way of connecting, this way of, of the path. But, but there really is, you know, there really is um, a price to pay. There really is a price to pay, uh, like literally and figuratively. There's always a giving up. You have to give up something when you enter the community. And that might be, you know, you're speaking, Debbie, like of... of of disconnecting from the physical body, like come over here, but it's a giving up of there. It is that, but a giving up of um, maybe money. Maybe you have to pay to be part of the community or maybe you, um, yeah, there's always something that you have to give up. You have to work to be part of the community or you have to be a vegan. It comes out of sacrifice. Like that's, that's where what's really hitting me. It just comes out of sacrifice. So right now I feel like we're talking like, what is the red flags to look for, right? If you're finding yourself seeking a community 
well, you're here, so you found a really good one, everyone. But uh, for those who may be brand new to us, you know, a red flag out there in full spiritual communities or ones that just don't serve the highest good is, yeah, there's a sacrifice of something. And it feels like a sacrifice. It's, um, and it's yeah, probably, so you're probably even told that it's a sacrifice, right? Like now we're crossing into religion, but religions, uh, organized religions, and I'm not going to, you know, there's a lot of uh, great things that come out of religious teachings. And when we look at organized religions and how a lot of them are set up today, right? That word sacrifice is often used, right? You have to sacrifice. You have to tie the certain amount of money. Like that, those, those words are at least uh, there. And in spiritual communities, those words might not be there, but it's still that. It's still that energy. It's still that sensation. Yeah. I didn't know if you had something more and I kind of cut in. <laughs> no, I don't have much. I just, as we're speaking, I'm getting so flooded with so many communities and organizations and groups. I mean, spiritual communities that are like these false places. I'm just calling false places because it may not be of like spiritual intent. It could just be of anything of interest, like these false places are often encouraging you to seek beyond yourself, like externally for answers, to sacrifice something in some way, or something else of that. And, and, and it feels icky, it feels sticky, it feels like, ugh, not good. And so the opposite of that is empowerment. Well, you yeah. To, you get to know yourself in our community. We hold up that mirror. We're doing the work ourselves. We're setting a standard of ethics and integrity and being not just trauma-informed individually, generationally, but collectively as well. We always remind you that you are whole and complete and have all the answers within you because that is a firm belief. And I know that to be true. And... <clears throat> Some other spiritual communities might tell you you're perfect, whole, and complete, and that you have all the answers within you. So how do you know who's speaking the truth? <laughs> how do you know who's speaking the truth? You know, I, I, I want to come back just a little bit and speak to that disempower. I was about to say disempowering, and then Debbie brought in that we empower, you know, it, we don't empower you. You have to empower yourself. But um, disempowering, uh, there's something that, um, whew, there's something that I want to speak to aside from disempowering that, you know, giving your power to an external resource or an idea or an ideology and having to trust that way right? Just trust that way, whatever that way is, trust X, Y, Z, you just follow that formula. That lack of accountability, lack of accountability and that leader or leaders or ideology or people 
making everything be a lesson for you. Making everything be a lesson for you. So this is, uh, simply put, doing something wrong, right? Doing something that is maybe just you're scheduled to meet on a Thursday at 8 o'clock. You make the plans to be there Thursday at 8 o'clock. You show up Thursday at 8 o'clock, nobody's there. They changed the meeting time. They didn't tell you. You're upset because you paid $15 for an Uber to get there and canceled your other plans. And then what do they say? Well, what is, what is, what is this teaching you? <laughs> what is this teaching you? This must have happened for you, right? No. No. <laughs> and then when you get angry or you get upset or you confront, anger is not good. Anger is not allowed here. Yeah, interesting. I guess, I guess I'm, oh, ah. where did I go? <laughs> oh, where did you go? What's Just keep happening? talking. Is that me? Oh, there we sorry. go. Yeah, me. Oh, you know, I guess then in truth, I have not spent time in one of these false communities long enough to really be in it. I just have heard and sat in someone's presence of their experiences or people's presence of their experiences. And what you're speaking to is just like that power difference, right? Of I know better than you. And I want my community to look this way, be this way. And so I'm going to mold you into this perfect fit for me and my expectations of what I want my community to look like. And if you don't meet these X, Y, Zs, Right? So yeah, it's like that power, it's that shaping, it's that molding, it's that uh, using every, ex every experience as a teaching experience without saying, well, hey, I, I fucked up, I forgot to put you on the email list. <laughs> My bad. Thank you. Right? Like, and it's as easy as, or it's as easy, it's easy for me to take that accountability, but in those positions, yeah that's maybe a, a way to see and to know that this is not someone that I can trust my life with because that's what we're doing when we're connecting with communities. We're entrusting our wellness, our life, our energy, our vitality, our thoughts, our hopes, our dreams, our wishes, everything when we join communities. Fascinating. Well, That's that. <laughs> That's what it is. That, that is what it is. It's a power in control. That's exactly what it is. That is what it is. I was like really feeling all these feelings, talking about this false spiritual community and being like, what is it that I 
hate that I like strongly dislike about it. And it's feeding that power and control. And that's where the taking of advantage comes. And that's where, you know, and it's a two way, it is a two way street because, you know, particularly with, um, yeah, you know, between uh, men and women, you know, particularly, you know, it can happen both ways when there is a male. Uh, this has happened a lot in yoga communities. It's happened a lot in yoga. It's in the spiritual communities, but um, but we can look at John Friend. I mean, this was quite a few years ago. Um, and we can look at, at Bikram Yoga as well. Mr. Bikram, uh, these two men are or were, you know, leaders of a spiritual community, uh, teachers at a very high level. Uh, John Friend was the founder of Anusara Yoga and uh, Bikram, I can't remember his first name, as uh, the founder of Bikram Yoga. And both of them were, had major, major scandals. Uh, Anusara Yoga doesn't exist anymore. There are still teachers who teach Anusara Yoga, but John Friend had like a coven of women that uh, they were, uh, I believe they called themselves a coven, but essentially there was a, a sexual coven that was happening and there was abuse within that. There was abuse within that. Uh, and and same thing with, with Bikram. There's just countless uh, claims against him from women. Uh, and there's pictures, I've seen pictures of um of abuse, you know, towards these women, and 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 it starts, uh, you know, there is so multi-layered, but it's really from an ego place, like you know, women or men, depending on. I'm using two male examples here, but they're in a place where they are attractive to women in the community, right? So they are having probably. Uh, Yes, they are having women, you know, reach out to them and women who are wanting to connect with them in a sexual way. And also recognizing that they're in a power place where they can do what they want. And and in the case of, you know, in particular, Mr. Bikram, you know, reading some of, listening and reading to some of the things he said, nobody said they didn't like it. Right. Like, 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 why didn't she say something at the time when I put my hand on her ass? Right. And it's that power differential. It's that power struggle. You know, when a person is in that position of power, one, people can feed that ego by being attracted to it. And two, people are not going to speak out necessarily against it out of a fear of repercussion or something else. Why do I keep, how does that keep happening? Ba-bam, ba-bam, here I am. <laughs> I don't know where you are, Lisa. Come back. I keep trying to hit me, and I hit that, I've never hit that button before, and since suddenly it's like in the, Maybe I don't know supposed the to, We're supposed to take spotlight today, <laughs> talking about this very passionate topic. I will speak to that I feel much more uh, at ease, and I didn't realize I was at dis-ease until I felt more at ease. 
this is just such a big topic and I see it all the time. And I'm actually, I'm actually really like earlier when I saw all of these groups, you know, it begins in schools. Are you getting the transference now with the kids? It's been every now and then it. It's weird, right? I don't know what that's all about. Maybe it's my zipper to the mic. Could be. But um, yeah, it starts in schools. It starts in any sports you play. It starts in any extracurricular activities. It starts, starts at home. At home. It, it starts, starts home. in the very beginning. And you know, inner authority is not something that's taught. And maybe even saying inner authority might be the first time you listeners are hearing those two words together. Like, what does inner authority mean, look like, feel like for you? And something that I know to be very true in our conscious community built off of the foundations that we built it off of, we encourage you to discover your inner authority. So from that place of self-discovery, you get to make all the choices for the, yourself. You get to discover your truest answers and they're only true to you, right? And um, oftentimes this is unsettling in some ways and confusing and people don't even know what to make of it because it's really the first time, like literally the first time, the first time. So they've experienced that and, 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 but with held with truth, right? Again, it's something that somebody might say in a spiritual community. We want you to trust your own intuition and connect with yourself. And Hey, here's the way to do it. And well, Hey, here's even, what you should find when you get there. Yeah. Cause even when you said that, like, I, I laugh, I laugh when, some false I recognize and experience them to be false uh, communities are like yeah we show you how to trust your intuition it's like well just that alone makes it feel like it's separate <laughs> learn how to trust your intuition like it's a higher self like it's completely disconnected it's interesting there's like so much more into that I believe that it's all in one through the process of discovering and connecting but um but, you know, when you said, when we were talking about at home, like, I don't know if this was in your home, but in my home, and I believe in my generation, it started with do what you say, do what I say, or yeah, do a, yeah, do what I say. You should, uh, children should be seen and not heard or honor, honor the adult. The adult knows best. Right. Everybody always knew better than the child knew for themselves when to eat, when to sleep, when to brush their teeth, how to get dressed, what colors they like. What, you know, everybody knew always better than them. I'm just averaging, I guess, you know, that might not be fully true for everyone's experience, but this is something that feeds why it can be so easy to connect with false communities and it feel like you're right where you're meant to be yeah because something uh it's like familiar but feels better it's like like whereas in your home there might have been a lot of okay here's the expert but it comes with a lot of icky sticky 
well, <laughs> so does the community. But, you know, in the home, it might come with a lot of, let's say, it comes with physical abuse or psychological abuse. And in the community, you feel something different, right? Like there's a sense of acceptance, there's a sense of belonging, there's a sense of being loved, and you don't really know what love actually truly is because you haven't experienced it before. So you think that you're connecting with and being loved, but, but. So there's a sense of familiarity that makes it like, oh, this feels, this feels good, but this feels, you're attracted there because it's familiar, but mm, it's just still not healthy. We're oftentimes attracted to, we are attracted to the things that need to be healed in ourselves. And so sometimes that means we're attracted to communities, people, teachers, places, things who are not, uh, not going to serve us in the way that we per we would like them to in the way that we perceive that they might serve us. They're going to serve us in a different way. They're going to serve us in a way that we have a learning experience <laughs> through our connection. Uh, yeah, if that makes sense. I can keep going. <laughs> That's the thing about about our relationship and about a conscious relationship and about accountability. Accountability is a two-way street. And um, conscious relationship is a two-way street as well. And so I think a good way to describe this is just... You know, most of us have gotten into the same either romantic or friendship relationship over like over and over and, you're, and, and then been like, how did I get in that relationship all over again? It's a different person, like X, Y, Z, things that I said I never want to experience again, this person or things that I want in a person, this person has these things that I want in a person, but we're still having this conflict that we had before. And that's because that conflict is a shadow aspect of yourself that is ready to be integrated, that is ready to be seen. And so two people can consciously work together on these shadow aspects if both are willing to and both have to have some accountability. But what oftentimes might happen is uh, the partner says, oh, you're overreacting, or oh, you're crazy, or I don't know what you're talking about. This is unconscious. And this is something that spiritual communities can happen, right? Like the leader of the spiritual community, you might go to the leaders or the group or whatever and be like, yeah, XYZ is happening because that is coming up in you to heal. You're crazy. You don't know what you're talking about. And that's, so, it, you know, the things that happen in our, in our micro, is it micro? My, it was the tiny in our in our smaller lives, our one to one interpersonal relationships also play out in larger way in larger community groups, and those can be more painful when we experience them, and that's why there can be such a large 
mistrust because maybe you're in this spiritual community and you have five best friends and then now you're not in the community anymore and you have just lost all your five best friends and they have all taken that side of the community and protecting the community over you and you feel like there's a re a rejection of you at, on, in addition to all of the loss of those friendships but what's really true is that they are weak the people that have were in are in that community who are choosing to stay and choosing to protect the leaders of that community and the things that happen are just weak they are not willing to give up what they need to give up in order to step out and to do the right thing. Yeah, before you said do the right thing, I was like, just do what's right because it's, it's a courageous act. And it's deserving. And this is how healing can really happen. Like, in a snap because what if one more friend joined right left the community and joined what then what would happen maybe it would ripple on and more people would feel that courage to do the right thing and that's what eventually happens with some of these communities that break apart where things come to the light and and all of a sudden it's like whoa, John Friend has been doing this for years. Whoa, Bitcoin's been doing this for years. Like how, how is this just now coming to the light? And it's because that brainwashing effect is transcended, if you will. Enough people have chosen to speak the truth of the experience and identify that something is wrong here. Mm -hmm. Woo, now I'm thinking about uh, this guy. I can't remember his name. I've been thinking just, about it so much, and I've just been like, I can't bring it in today. <laughs> I know I'm that feeling way. it. I'm feeling it, and that's okay. I'm sure it's coming through my words in some way, but I can't bring it in much because I know everyone has connected with what we're talking about in some way, shape, or form. They've recognized it maybe right now in their present moment in some community aspects that they're still connected with and they know it's not serving them anymore. So the question is, is what's keeping you there? What do you need? What I was going to mention was this, um, I read this book, somebody gave it to me uh, as this thick book. It's called How Yoga Works. How Yoga Works. I can't remember the name of the person who wrote it, but I read the book and I was like, hmm, how do I feel about this? Like, is it true? Like, how do I feel about this? I was really like connecting with it and feeling through how to it, it brought up a lot for me to think about and for me to philosophize about. And, and then while I'm literally, while I'm in this process, this person comes into the news because the person who wrote this book, How Yoga Works, is the leader of a spiritual community. And, um, and he had, the community was all living out in the desert 
like the community was all living out in the desert, in the middle of the desert somewhere, I don't know, Arizona or someplace like that, isolated. And um, there was a, uh, it was a woman and a man, and the woman wanted, the woman I think had been in relationship, had been, was one of many people who were in sexual relationship with the leader of the community. And her and this man, other man, wanted to get out of the community. They wanted to, to leave, right? They're like, okay, this is it. This is wrong. This is this is this is not it. And they ended up having to escape. Like they escape, like in the middle of the night, and then are on foot in the desert. And they die. They literally die in the desert and then the whole focal point comes on to uh this 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 community and um i don't need to go into it any more than that but the the concepts uh, and what uh, from the book that i was having this dilemma about and, and then this happened and i'm like oh yeah right no no it's not right it's not okay the whole concept the premise of the book was and there it's in India and there's somebody who's who's uh, not really into yoga yet but you know her uncle uncle is and she's given this book and uh, told to take this this book or this package and has to basically smuggle this thing and it's illegal for the person to smuggle this thing and so they get stopped at a checkpoint right they're smuggling something that is illegal they get stopped at a checkpoint by the police they're put into yeah, yeah, the person was a yogi. They were a yoga practitioner, practicing yogi. Had to go back for a minute. And so they they are captured at this checkpoint and are put into prison. And are in prison, the person's in prison for like years and is beaten in the prison and is abused in the prison and is almost killed in the prison. Like so goes through all of these tortures in this prison but starts teaching the jail masters yoga and the jail masters like the whole town transforms because the prisoner the inmate starts teaching yoga to the the jail keepers and then towards the end of the story you find out that the yoga teacher the one the same one who had the yoga student smuggle the illegal thing told the police told the police that they were going to be coming through with this smuggled thing so that they would go to jail, so that they would go through this process of being beaten and abused because that is what they needed to come to enlightenment. And that is the philosophy of this person who's out in the desert with this community and wouldn't let them leave. Like, and that is the philosophy. That is a philosophy that is prevalent in communities and including the healing community. You have to experience, you have to go through tough and big and hard and re-traumatize, or that might not be the language, but re-experience and relive in order to reach enlightenment or heal. So that just clearly wanted to come through right now too. Yeah, I think we mentioned it's happening. I think we mentioned um, mentioned that earlier before hopping in. 
to the podcast and now it's circling its way back. Like, what is that all about? This philosophy, right? And it's, it's like almost romanticized too. There's like a new, there's like this whole, it's just, I don't know, I experience it to be romanticized, endless suffering, like truly the worst of the worst coming from these horrible experiences. And what are your thoughts on that, Lisa? It just makes everything worse. Like we don't heal in that way. We can have an experience in that way. We can have experiences and 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 that is a trauma cycle and a trauma pattern that we get to stay in that we don't realize, right? Like when we get to feel real suffering, then we get to feel something else. We get to experience maybe you know what it feels like to ecstatically dance, to ecstatically make love, to ecstatically something, but it's not true joy. It's not true ecstasy. When we come to a place like we can heal, the nervous system is what needs to heal. The nervous system doesn't heal unless things slow way, 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 way down. And we create space. It's space, it's quiet, it's tuning into the subtle. It's not forcing or pushing anything. And you don't, yeah, I'll be quiet. Yeah, I'm just like fixating right now on that. I don't know the book that you're talking about and I'd probably burn it, honestly. (laughs) Not that I am an advocate for burning books, but why not? That would be one that I would burn. So what's up with that that teacher? What makes that person think that they know the way? Because that would have been my first question, right? You want me to what for you? Why? Why do I need to put myself in danger to fulfill whatever you think I'm supposed to do and experience, right? Well, keep in mind, yeah, so... And I don't remember, like, I don't remember if the student knew that it was illegal what they were taking or not. Um, So, you know, I can't, I don't remember that part, but it is, there is a lot of deception in there, right? Is a lot of deception. Sounds like a risk. Like what that person of power was really saying, risk this for me and you will be rewarded knowing that you may experience the worst experience of your life. No, no, no. You don't have to experience that. You don't have to do what others tell us to do to reach where we're supposed to be. We just connect with the presence and right there, where you're supposed to be. You don't have to go and experience these big re-traumatizing, put yourself through intentionally, intentionally put yourself through hardship. Yeah. No, there's not much more to say about that. 
No, and I'm smiling because I really want to dismiss this belief and this frequency and just say it has no no belonging here in this present time moving forward. That is maybe a true generational historical pattern that's been romanticized in many different cultures and societies and beliefs and just part of that programming. Absolutely, we see this everywhere, even in romantic movies, right? I've got to become someone I'm not in order to experience this to then be loved by whoever I want to be loved by, right? It's like, so, I mean, it's true. I'm like getting, I'm still getting so flooded with so much, but no, this is not going to happen anymore, everyone. Listen, calling it in now. It's not happening anymore. You do not have to intentionally make life miserable to experience evolution and wholeness and and connection and you know it makes no sense to rip intentionally rip yourself open to experience whatever for the sake of what someone else is telling you yeah and in fact it's contrary to what needs to happen oh yeah absolutely but I do give grace for those who were in it. And once upon a time, I was in that frequency as well. Like, you, I didn't know. Didn't know. But what it feels like is sacrifice. What it feels like is disempowerment. What it feels like is out external sourcing. Reaching for something that maybe you're being told isn't good enough for you or you have to change yourself you're not worthy of it right this is why we tell you our community all the time you are enough you do matter right you are loved because that's the truth yep okay so why don't we close on that note we've been here a while okay and let's just Yeah, let's take a breath. Invite all of you to take a breath with us. And I might have opened us up to some uh, (laughs) some hate mail there. (laughs) Which is fine. May people feel empowered to use their inner authority and express themselves. Yes. Yes, and questions are welcome below this podcast and we'll see you next time. If you're hearing this message, you've listened to this episode all the way to the end. And for that, we thank you from the bottom of our hearts. We want to hear from you. Reach out and let us know what you thought of this podcast. And please like, subscribe, and share this episode with your friends.